was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I am Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And um, I didn't go through as much booze this week because I wasn't here. I was out on, I was out on, uh, on, on a road trip. Um, and so is Todd, but he got to drink more because he liked where he was going just as yeah. much as he liked where he'd been. Um, but before we get to all that, uh, we'd like to recognize our sponsor. Our sponsors are always local companies that we like. And this week it is Good Clean Fun Life Productions. Good Clean Fun Life Productions. All of your multimedia needs. And I say multi because we're most comfortable uh, filming taking photos of uh, food and good times at bars and restaurants, the primary uh, uh, type of client that we have. But, um, uh, but we're adding a new wrinkle this week. And uh, we actually have uh, bought some new lights, some flashlights mm-hmm. uh, or the, uh, speed lights as they speed are light called. flashes. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing some headshots for our friends at Soul Fire Collective up in uh, – they have a new studio. It's a yoga studio uh, that they are opening in Northern Virginia. They opened one a couple years ago in Bethesda, and, of course, they're originally out of Rehoboth. We're shooting some headshots, and these people are, uh, you know, beautiful people on the inside and outside, but we want to make sure that they look beautiful in pictures too, so – um, yeah, so we got some new speed lights. So we're doing we're doing headshots, which is something that we've done in the past, but have always just relied on natural light. And um, I think we'll talk about rabbit holes later. So I ended up going down a couple rabbit holes on on how to uh, properly light a a good headshot. So um, you know, whatever 10, 13 years in, we're still trying to add new things to new offerings and uh and that sort of thing it is shocking and i think we've talked about this before i know i don't ever shut up about it it is shocking uh that people don't have headshots yeah (laughs) it's i am spoiled my wife as you know also does portrait Mm -hmm. photography and i get a new one every six months um and real estate agents in especially at the beach they haven't had one taken since they turned 28 yeah, and yeah. they're unrecognizable sometimes, and it's a shame. One of the things I do during my work day is I look at a lot of obituaries, and I'm just horrified. Yeah, I'm horrified because it's not that 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 expensive. Yes, to have a huge photo shoot, you know, but get someone. Even if you just get someone, no, don't get someone. Pay what's two hundred dollars? You don't have to tell me about that. Two hundred dollars seems like fair. For 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 a headshot, and it doesn't seem like that much. And if you spend, make it fifty dollars a year, two hundred dollars, get a new one every four years at least. So if you die, they don't have to have a photo of you that you know got cut out of a group photo at work in nineteen seventy three. You know, it's it's just one of the things that Kelly hasn't done it yet. um, Although I encouraged her, and she may once she retires. Um, but author headshots, it's, 
and, and that authors are another another group that just for some reason don't have the brains to get a good headshot. Now she's done. She did Stephanie. Stephanie still uses the one, you know, that that uh, that that Kelly did, and she did. She's done several for several of my author friends, and it just makes it just makes sense to get a headshot and have one. I mean, if you have a company and you're paying someone to come in and do any kind of digital thing for you, like you should also have you pow, 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 just do the management. You know, yeah. you don't, yeah. you don't want, you don't want to know, like if you put a picture of the manager up, you don't want it to look like a mug shot. You want someone who cares about how things look to do it. You know, this same thing with, you know, you don't just have anybody who could turn on the stove do do your cooking, right? Right, right. It's, it's it's a very similar thing. I'm very excited to hear that you, that they're that they're indulging in headshots because it's really something everyone ought to ought to have regularly. Yeah, and and you you make a good point, and especially in uh, the digital world that we live in, uh, is not just having them done, but having them done on a regular basis. And yes, I know that uh, I've often said that the the best phone is the one that you have in your pocket, and and truthfully, a, a, a newer, a late generation iPhone does an incredible job. But that's when you also need as somebody, a professional to uh, like Kelly uh, or, or like Natalie, that is going to uh, have the expressed purpose of making you look good. And as part of that, also authentic. So this is right. the real you, you know, and uh you know, sometimes that can be that can be troubling, and you know whether you're an author or a or a real estate agent, and you like that picture of you from 20 years ago. Uh, it it just doesn't uh, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't help, and yeah. So that's what we're that's what we're doing. It was funny. My publisher actually said something to me about it. Um, he wasn't trying to make fun of me, but he did. He's like, why don't you use the uh, the headshot from the beer book? And I'm like, well, because that was eight years and 80 pounds ago. Yeah. I don't look like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to look like a fresh young journalist, you know, out and about smiling in front of the bricks at a, at a very cool place, but it's not me anymore. I don't right. want people, I don't, I'm going to be there where, when I sign the book, I don't want them to look at the picture and look at me and be like, is this your brother? Yeah, you, you yes. have your, your other brother, your young, your younger brother. Did you send your older brother to the signing or your younger brother to the photo shoot? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, I wish I were eighty pounds lighter, and I wouldn't mind if actually if I were eighty pounds lighter, I would probably look the same. I I age very well, if if not for the gray beard and the gray hair, I yeah. don't have a lot of lines on my face, a little bit of booze damage on the cheeks. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a sign of a good time. Absolutely, there was a great. A uh, photo in the onion um, that said uh, it, it was a guy that looked too much like me saying this new liver can really handle its scotch. And I felt, I felt attacked. I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt very attacked. Well, you know, if I can find that, I, I took a screenshot of it. I'll throw it in the show notes if I can find it and, and you guys can see it for yourselves. Um, speaking of the well, show notes, sorry, there was no show next week. Last week we recorded it. I thought I could fix the audio. We had some uh, recording difficulties. Did not work. Hopefully this works and you're listening to it now. Yes. Uh, and uh, you went away this week um, on an adventure. Do you want to tell us about your adventure? Yes. My one cool thing. Uh, it's, it's worth mentioning since the show from last week didn't, uh, didn't make it to 
to air, but we celebrated a, a week and a half ago. We celebrated my 50th birthday and uh, there was a lot of build up to that. And it was a wonderful event. We had our favorite band play at our favorite place, the Starbird. And uh, it, it was all it was all fantastic. But a lot of build up, and you got to prepare for a little bit of letdown after that. You know, such a uh, a monumental event. So uh, whether it was planned intentionally or just kind of happened that way, we uh, had ended up booking a trip to Austin, Texas, to see some friends of ours, uh, um, and actually one who was is going to be celebrating this uh, this week a, a another big milestone birthday uh, mm-hmm. of turning forty. So. Yeah, so after the after the party, we took care of a few things for a couple of days, and then Friday we scooted down uh, direct flight from uh, BWI in Baltimore on Southwest, super easy, and we got picked up uh, by our friend Dan Dan Ryan. He's been on the show before many many moons ago, and um, talk about the best uh, people to have like. You know, somebody somebody said, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be going to Austin in a couple weeks or a couple months. Uh, make sure you take note of recommendations." And my only recommendation is to be friends with Dan because, <laughs> because Dan is a beer guy, he's a bar guy, he's a entertainment uh, like, and he is just on top of everything. So, uh, you know, not like cruise director where everything has to be planned out, but no decisions had had to be made the entire weekend. And uh, we, of course we get along really well and have, you know, shared a sense of humor and adventure and, and, and all of those things. So it was, uh, it was very fun uh, and and a good time. A lot of good, good beers, good, uh, good night nights out. Um, and you know some like floating down the river because it was 104 degrees when we were Jesus. there. Um and and they do you know they say it and it, it is a very weird phenomenon but there's no humidity. So you don't you feel the heat of the sun but you don't feel like you can't breathe. Um you know at least not until you're overexposed to it <laughs> right well what they what they say is it's it's because your sweat works the right way there where right. it, it you you sweat and it burns it off you sweat and it burns it off and that and since there's no humidity it's your body's working like it should whereas here in swampland yes you no know, yes. it's like we all become our own little greenhouse effect once right. it gets above 70 degrees um yes um the, Go ahead. Oh, all right. I, I was I was I was going to say I wanted to talk to you about my my rabbit hole, but you wanted to talk to me about your rabbit hole first. So you had you you went down a rabbit hole when you were looking for your. Camera? Oh, I think yeah, more for for the light. Um, I, you know, you got to love the YouTube uh, algorithm, and you put in the light that you just got, and then you can, uh, you know, go down that rabbit hole of uh exactly the features and how it works and what it works best with and and that sort of thing so um you know that was uh yeah no that 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 was all the rabbit hole uh well i went down several rabbit holes that i would like to that i would like to share with you i think that if the internet is going to be useful to me 
or I think what makes the internet useful is the ability to do real research, to find stuff out. Mm -hmm. I was sitting at my mother's table two or three weeks ago, and it just occurred to me, do you know the name of Billy Idol's first band? Uh, I do. I do. I do. I swear I do. Shoot. Not the Runaways. All right. I can't think of it at the moment. I, I'm going to kick myself when you tell That's me. That's okay. Generation X. Yes. Gosh damn. Like, how did, like come on. Yeah. No, no, no. But so why, how old is Generation X? Like, I thought I was a member of Generation X. But yeah. if Billy Idol was in a band called Generation X, and that was when I was six, then maybe mm-hmm. I'm not in Generation X. Yeah. Or something else is going on. And so I went on a quest. And what makes the internet great is it saves you a trip to the library because I honestly was the kind of nerd dork, I think. Nerd is too cool, right? It's the kind of dork who would go to the library and go through six to 12 books to find out the answer to a stupid question like Mm -hmm. Generation X. Do you know what Generation X was coined to describe? I don't. The baby boomers. That's so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> so Gen X, Generation X at that time, coined coined by who? Not by Billy Idol. No, no, by a, by, a, by a French photographer who did like the lost generation after the baby boom, the lost generation after the war, the 19. 19- uh, and I think it was 1952, this book came out called Generation X. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it was a photo essay. And then also there was a book. There's a book and there's a photo essay. Both are called Generation X. Neither have anything to do with our generation. And I think it's better that way. Yeah. Like yeah. we didn't even get our own name. We're still, we, our sloppy seconds extend even to our names. Yeah. The sloppy seconds culture. We got a sloppy seconds world. And mm-hmm. we got a slop. We got a we got a name that wasn't cool enough for the baby boomers to adopt. Yeah, it wasn't descriptive enough for the baby boomers to have because they thought they were lost, and then they saw us, and they're like, "Nah, this is a generation with no clear way forward. We should give them this name." But this I thought that was thing. absolutely fascinating. And now I've got to, I'm going to be one of those guys. Like, God forbid, you sit next to me on the bus, you know. <laughs> and ask how old you are or yeah, yeah yeah well i'm not in generation x well i am but not really but kind of let me ex- let me explain it to you so the other thing the other the other rabbit hole that i i found myself going down had to do with not necessarily pornography but kind of pornography hmm. um there was uh there's a restaurant in Keyport, New Jersey, where my wife and my mother ate. Um, it used to be a movie theater. Before that, it was like an adult movie theater. Okay. Um, and the name of the adult movie theater was The Strand. Have you ever seen a movie theater called The Strand? I don't I don't believe so. Oh, all right. I thought it was really common because my wife said she had one. There are a lot of movie theaters called The Strand. Okay. And so I had to figure out why. And they were all adult movie theaters? No, not necessarily. Like there's a famous theater in New York called The Strand. There's a famous, it's really popular. Like if you like, 
it became a chain of movie theaters. I'm okay. going to tell you the whole story. Once okay. upon a time, uh, once upon a time, there were these. There was this guy. His name was like Joe Marks, and he named his movie theater the Strand, and so it was called the Marks Strand. And the Marks Strand was eventually run by a guy named Roxy, who also started putting up his own theaters because you've seen theaters called the Roxy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing, same principle. These okay. guys go going around starting these theaters and putting these names on them so the roxy is named after a guy a jewish guy like rothschild roth rothstein okay um and the strand is an old english term for like a fun fair like the section like the boardwalk like before the before you call the boardwalk the boardwalk you could legitimately call the boardwalk the strand and okay. expect some people with arcane knowledge to know what you're talking about. Let's take a let's take a walk along the strand. That could be a walk on the boardwalk, and that's the legitimate use of the word. And it was just a, it was just one section of England that was Strand Street, and that's where like the arcades were. So they called it the Strand, and then it became like a fun fair name, and then it became a name for movie theaters, and then for porn theaters when all the movies. You know, when this chain of theaters started to fail as legitimate right. theaters, they they put it up as I guess it's going to happen again. I, I I don't I don't like the future of movies right now. Mm. Uh, I'm not paranoid. I'm not terrified of it. I feel kind of bad, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not hopeful either. So. Right. Um, so that's those 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 are those are the two rabbit holes I, I, I went down this week. The, the two rabbit holes uh, well and uh, in addition to uh you know equipment rabbit holes that that I often find myself in i I do enjoy a good breakdown video of popular television shows uh especially in you know the the nerd vein of whether it's star wars marvel dc you know the the these sort of things and and you talk about the, you know, the future of movies and of entertainment. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I saw an article the other day and it was basically saying um, we're in the, uh, oh, what's the phrase? Gestures. Um, you know, the, the, the jester can get away with making fun of the king. So, like, oh, yeah, even even um, uh, even Barbie. Uh, Mattel licensed uh, the likeness of of their company name to be made fun of as the the big bad corporate uh, entity in, in Barbie. I haven't seen it, but this is what I'm this is what I'm told. This is what I gather. Um, you know, so I find myself watching some of these. Uh, well, ah- Ahsoka uh, came out and. It is, uh, you know, not your, not the Star Wars that I grew up with. It's like three generations, you know, character that was developed for children when I was an adult is now in a live action. Um, It's, it's punchy. It's, it's, it's fun. It's that whole universe. But I'm starting to realize that I think I enjoy the breakdown videos more than I enjoy the actual, the actual show. You know, so is a show of the show. Is it a show or is it a is it a movie in release or is it a television no, it's, show on Disney? It, Plus? It, 
It's a television show on right. Disney Plus. Do you know it's um, also an epic uh, Bollywood movie? Like a different Ashoka, clearly, because I don't know your Ashoka. Uh, it must be Star Wars. My, my is. Ashoka is like this Indian prince, and it was the first Bollywood movie I ever saw, and it's like burned into my head. Okay. Uh, but it's like three hours long. Different Ashoka. And, and, you're, and you're saying Ashoka, and this is Ahsoka, so no S-H. Ah, I see. But but very uh, – Dave Filoni uh, is the writer-director of the animated series that have – that they've been pulling all this lore from for the – uh, live action series that that seems to be doing pretty well and there's lots of nods to the and that's what I, that's what i think is fun is like you know there's there's lots of nods to uh, the westerns and samurai movies and even the existing uh movies of the you know the star wars universe and, and that sort of thing but it's it, it's not just enough to um you know, to, to make a, a decent piece of content, it is, you got to make a piece of content about the, the, the content to, to maintain any, any attention, I feel, uh, or at least going forward. This is, this is my concern. Well, I have, I have an opposite, more apocalyptic solution. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out, but there used to be this huge industry that put out books mm -hmm. and no matter how hard authors tried, they could not make a living putting out books because these huge, huge industries just took all the money when they sold the books. And when they didn't sell the books, authors also didn't make any money. And so at the turn of the century, there was a big boom in independent authors just making everything themselves. And now it's just a conversation. Now it's, now it's, you know, I'm going to put this out by myself. And I wonder if we're going to see a larger return to independent filmmaking. I wonder if we're going to, we're going to see, you know, if we're going to have a new nineties, speaking of generation X mm. where, where people are like, you know what, I'm going to make this movie for six grand and I'm going to put it out and I'm going to make 12 grand. And then I'll make another movie for six grand. And it's going to be in limited release. It's going to be on HBO. It's right. going to be on right. But just, you know, stop taking the, if you stop taking their money, they don't have any control over you. And right. I know that I know that there are people who are genuinely suffering and I'm not one of these people who are like, you know, they're millionaires. Fuck them. I know that most writers and most actors are neither millionaires nor evil, rotten people, you know, mm -hmm. um, but also like if you have the talent, the next thing you have to do is have, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Todd and I do fail small. <laughs> Or succeed, <laughs> succeed, fail big, but succeed small, I guess, you yeah, know, yeah. you can, you can eke out a living with your, with your meager talent. I mean, if you're, if you're talented enough to have been making Hollywood movies, then do it for less, you know, yeah. do it for less in Iowa and put it out for fewer people, yeah. you know, that's a, I would love to see it. We would get more interesting movies. Um, I, I listened to a podcast called um, The Greatest Movies Never Made. Mm. 
And it's just the most depressing thing. I mean, it's fun and it's a lot of fun and they're really cool stories, but it's just screenwriters talking about how, you know, how hard it is to get to get movies made. And there are all these great movies and great stories. Uh, they're, they're currently doing a series on the Meg, which people have been trying to make for about 30 years. Yeah. And they're going through all the different scripts and you can see how like they get more notes and it gets dialed down and more notes and it gets dialed down. And then um, a movie comes out that's too similar and then they just kill it. Yeah. And then, you know, and then they're like, well, you know, you're not getting to make this movie now that you've been working on for, for four years. Guillermo del Toro was one of the first producers on the Meg. Um, That's how, you know, and he didn't, he hadn't made, he hadn't made a big splash yet. He was just this, Everybody knew this. He was this artsy guy, but he hadn't had any any big hits yet. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I I would really, I'm, I hate to put it on him, but he's just the most famous guy I know who also seems like a most decent guy. I feel like George Clooney could start his own studio. Yeah, or well, something it, like that. Just just fun. Here's here's three million dollars. Go make a movie and. And it, well, here's uh, a little bit of homework, maybe. But the uh, this is what Ben Affleck and um, uh, and and what's his name are are doing. Um, his his partner in Goodwill Hunting, Matthew Matthew Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, their new production company is Project Greenlight is meant to uh, help expedite projects and help pay people even who have, you know, like the loose concept of, um, uh, you know, of, of what they want to do or what they put together or the idea. I believe that the idea for uh, Air, which was the, the sort of documentary about uh, Air Jordans, told from the perspective of the guys who were putting it together and Michael Jordan's mom, who nobody even plays in the, in the show, is a great movie. Um, and there's, and there's some backstory about like the guy who wrote, who had the original idea would normally get a, you know, a, a writer's note or a, or a, you know, a little footnote and the credits, but they actually ended up, you know, paying them and, and doing right by him. So, um, maybe on a small scale, some people are thinking about that. Some people in positions of, uh, ability to, to actually make a, make a difference. Yeah. Well, that, I, I think that would be nice. And honestly, it, it pains me to say, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but I also want to be honest about it. If no more movies ever came out, I'd, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, there are all, there are all the movies that I haven't seen and all the shows that I haven't seen. If we took a 10 year break a 50 year break, it would be yeah. better. Cause they would, you know, less garbage. Oh, speaking of less garbage. Um, are you old enough? Are you young enough to be into Ninja Turtles, or is that is that too young for you? No, I I remember the I remember the book, the comic book, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I always thought was funny because it was a very off color, dark, uh, you know, there was like it was an, it was like an NC seventeen book when it first came out, and I had yeah. it when I, you know when I was like thirteen. Yeah, my well, my my buddy had it in high school. That was the first one I I saw, but the yeah. movie was very good. I don't know if you've seen the movie. The late the latest one? Yeah. It yeah. was it was there I'm always going to have problems with like there's there there are a couple of like not catchphrases but um 
what are they, what do they would be called like linguistic ticks like mm-hmm. um i'm trying my best here or there's like a, a thing that is kind of attributed to millennials saying it's not i'm trying my best here i can't think of what it is right uh, but they say it eight times when one time would have done you know it's like they didn't notice it's one of the things that i notice as a writer is when a phrase gets repeated yeah. You know, I'm always like, no, one good use of the phrase is what it's for. And if you right. keep using it and every time, like by the end of the movie, I'm like, please don't say it again. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it was, it was quite enjoyable. But and, they were uh, kind of, but, but they were also kind of known for like, you know, yeah, it was a book and then they said silly things and like cowabunga and oh, like, yeah, no, it, this was more like a, this was more like a tick to show that they were cool. They said oh, a thing you. that kids say now. Right. Like as part of like, which is I, why you can't remember it because it was something that would make you sound cool. Yes, they only said cowabunga twice, and a turtle only said it once. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a great origin story. Yeah, and Shredder is not the bad guy in the okay. movie. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and uh, and that and it's played it's played for great effect. I I. I didn't watch it. I was too old. It, the the three year difference really is a three year difference. It's like I didn't watch the cartoons and stuff like that when yeah, it came out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can recommend it. And uh, now that I've been shitting on Hollywood movies and saying how awful they are, I I got a huge kick out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, Gina, I had a, I had an experience flying back from um, Austin. Uh, Southwest, you get free movies, and I'm just cycling through one that I. Always kind of wanted to see and never, uh, never had the chance to. And what we're talking about, like movies and pop culture, is uh, Ready Player One. Uh, oh yeah, that didn't interest me. Was it any good? It, it was. It, I found it fantastic. Um, there were there were because of the references. You know, it's a Spielberg movie, so there's and and because it takes place in this virtual world where everybody can choose their own avatar there are so many talk about easter eggs in fact the easter eggs as a uh, as as a thing is kind of the point of the whole movie so it's it's meta in that there are so many easter eggs popular culture easter eggs in the movie uh that is about being in a virtual world trying to find an easter egg literally so, oh. yeah, it was. I, I found it very. It was a great. It was a great plane ride home from uh, from a debaucherous drunken weekend in Austin. So, yes. very cool. Well, that brings us to the end, which is just as well. I got nothing anyway. How about you? Mm, I got nothing. All right. Well, remember until next time at the beach. It's happy hour whenever you say it is. <laughs>